Gabby Moreno is a Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter from Guatemala City, Guatemala. Her music ranges from blues, jazz, soul, and rock and roll. Singing in both English and Spanish, Gabby has produced hits in North America, South America, as well as Europe. She's one of the brightest young stars coming out today. So let's begin. Hi, I'm Bill Cody. I'm the producer of the Chris Kirkwood Podcast. We are having another episode today. Uh, Chris Kirkwood is here, and the lovely Gabby Moreno. Uh, she's a Latin Grammy winner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's get into everything else about you. And let's, let's indeed. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Chris Kirkwood Podcast. I'm Chris. And that's Bill. And we have with us today, like Bill said, Gabby Marino. And we're lucky enough to get Gabby to come into the studio because she actually records here at the Winslow Court Studio, where we're doing our podcast from, with Craig Parker Adams, the engineer and head guy around this place. And uh, Gabby, you record here with Craig. I do, yes. I have for many years. And um, like I've told him, I've told Craig many times, it's just... This is my go-to studio here in LA. I, I just love the vibe in this place. I, I, and obviously I, I love Craig. He's, he's really wonderful and incredible engineer. So yeah. Cool, well it's allowed us to get together and have a little chat. And uh, you, know, you know what, we had another guest in here, Bob Forrest. No, it was Keith Morris that told us that this studio, speaking of vibes and stuff, used to be the Foley room, apparently. You know how the movies have that, the Foley thing where they, dub in like footsteps or whatever you know those kind of things yeah, where they yeah, make the exactly. noises you know the and apparently effects. this was yeah. like the the, the studio yeah for you know about that yeah he's he's told he's told me that story many times and, I, and i'm always well actually every time i bring in somebody new to come and record here um i i ask him to tell that story to everybody because i just think it's so fascinating it is it's interesting <laughs> and after a while the, the walls start to resonate you know what i mean they, they like it's like a guitar and they get exactly. used to having noise come through them and they exude some sort of s certain something. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you you know got a chance to come in. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Know, you. Thanks I'll, for having me. Like I was telling you earlier, this is a fairly new thing for us. You know, doing a podcast and uh, I played music for a long time, but you know, so I've done interviews and whatnot. But it's a different kind of a thing being on the other side of the mic exactly. and trying to generate an interesting conversation. You know, so. Yeah. But it's really fun in a way. I get to meet new people and and uh, starting to feel a little bit at home. I've got a new chair today that's king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, like Bill was saying, you won, a, you won a Grammy. You won a Latin Grammy Latin for Grammy. Best New Artist a couple of years back. Yes. That's right. So, so, and you've done all sorts of neat stuff. I was looking, you know, looking you up online and whatnot and some of the things that you've gotten to do and how your, you know, your career, I mean, it's essentially a career, you know, that side of things, right? Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's doing pretty neat, you know, doing all sorts of neat stuff. Yeah, I've been, I've been incredibly lucky. Um, I've, I've been here 15 years, mm -hmm. and I've had, you know, my share of really wonderful experiences as well as really bad ones. Mm -hmm. I've learned from the bad ones and uh, moved on, and just I'm just happy to be to be here and and to be uh, making music and and you know still calling that my job, I think yeah. it's such a blessing. Absolutely. Well, how did let's let's start at the beginning then. You're from Guatemala. Yes, I was born and raised in Guatemala City. Born in Guatemala City and raised there. Yeah. And were you were your family was your family 
musical? How did you how did you start no. playing basically? Well, my my mother um, has been working since she was 15 years old on TV and radio. Okay. And my father was a uh, a promoter. He would bring concerts to Guatemala. And, uh, yeah, but none of them were uh, professional musicians. My dad sings, and he would sing in the church choir and whatnot. But, yeah, that that sort of, you know, um, uh, atmosphere of, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a family of musical people that, you know, that was just not the case with me. I... um, I guess my mother discovered that I could sing when I was about five years old because she came home one day and I was singing to um, a, a record that she had. And I, and I was, I mean, she actually thought that it was the record. And then when she came in the room and she heard me, she said, wait a second. <laughs> and um, uh, it was a surprise for her because, you know, she could hear that I was hitting all these high notes. Mm-hmm. That, that, that it, was, it was actually a classical record. Wow. He was an opera singer, and I was hitting all those high notes, and she was like, wow, okay. So, um, and I had no idea. So she took me to a um, uh, a singing, a, a vocal coach, and um, yeah, and so then I, I just, that's that's kind of how my journey began. I started, um, and, I, and I started in classical music. I oh. was about five, six years old, and, and this wonderful um, singing teacher that I had, started um showing me all these all these classical pieces like uh, mozart's hallelujah and all these other operas from from spain actually and and that's kind of like when you know i i just knew that i really loved singing and and my dad being a promoter Mm -hmm. he would um look for any opportunity to put me on stage so When I was 10 years, I tell, I tell this to everybody, it's a really funny uh, story. When I was 10 years old, I opened a concert for Ricky Martin. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was when he was very well known in Latin America. He mm. came to Guatemala to do a show, and and my dad said, okay, you're going to open. And I was like, really? At 10 years old. At 10 years old. Um, it, was, it was quite, I mean, it was an amazing experience, but very... Uh, enlightening for me because I just kind of knew that that was I felt very comfortable on stage you know I was not I was not shy I was shy when people would ask me like my parents did this all the time like we would be at parties and they would ask me to sing for people and you know only for like 10 people and I was really shy and I hated singing for people like that but once they put me on stage Uh I was like okay here I am and you know this is where I feel comfortable and that was probably a pretty big show Oh yeah, it, this, no, no. This I think it was like, yeah, six, seven thousand people. Did you do a whole set? And uh, no, no, I just sang, I just sang a few songs. You saw, and you know, I, I was so young, I didn't have any of my own songs, so I was singing covers, and I was singing Disney covers, oh. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was, yeah. Well, that's very innocent. Very. Do you remember like getting the vocal lessons? Do you remember all the way back when you were five years old and like when you first started getting the lessons and that kind of stuff? Oh yeah. I, I, st- I started the lesson when I was seven. Actually. When you were seven. Uh, but yeah, I do remember. I remember her house in in this area of Guatemala, which is it's called Zone One, and it's a really really old house. And I just I have such a 
vivid image of you know her piano and her her typewriter she had a typewriter she was she was older i mean she must have been in her 60s 70s when she was teaching you right. know. and she's still actually she's still teaching if you can believe she's still that around. she's incredible what's her yeah. name Marinita Prado Bolaños. Well, give a shout out to her yes. while we have the opportunity to. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's so, got to be pretty proud of your accomplishments, I would imagine. Oh, uh, yeah, she's always, yeah, we're, we're we're always like trying to stay in touch with each other, and and uh, she writes me whenever there's something big happening in my career. She's oh, really, oh, that's really, really neat. wonderful. And mm-hmm. plus, I mean, it's, it has to be interesting to, well, I mean, it just obviously influence you in a way, or you know, affected your. Oh yeah, the direction that you went in to actually Absolutely. learn how to sing, like class. You say you were doing classical. I was stuff. doing classical, and 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 that didn't last very long. That was that's the other part of, of the story that I have to tell you. But I, it didn't last long. But I I really tell everybody that that was really the foundation of my singing because that's where I first learned the technique. Right. You know? The actual any kind of technique. Yeah. Because I came up, you know, uh, like I, I was mentioning to you, I'm in a band called the Meat Puppets, right? And uh, I kind of got into it as a fan of music, mm-hmm. you know, and I was a little bit older when I actually started playing. I had guitar lessons when I was real young. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. And then I had piano lessons. And the guy that taught me the piano lessons was older. And I didn't like that either. So I wouldn't practice. But I knew that since he was so old, he'd actually like doze off during the during the uh, <laughs> during my lesson. <laughs> he would right? doze off. And I just sit there on the bench, piano bench next to him real quietly and wait for him to uh you know, wake up, and at the end, I'd be like, ding, ding, you know, and he'd be oh, like, oh, that's good, you know, that's so funny. that didn't take, but it, it took me uh, getting into uh, music, what, what what got me into it later, I actually saw the movie Deliverance, you know, the movie Deliverance? I don't know it, okay. It's a, it's a thing from the 70s with Burt Reynolds and Ronnie Cox, oh. John Voight, and... Uh, Hillbillies take, take umbrage about some... yeah. River rafters. Yeah, these guys are taking a canoe trip down uh, through through the deep south. It's, okay. I think it's supposed to be like maybe in Georgia or something, and uh, they're they're put upon at a particular point by some of the locals, you know, mm-hmm. which are some of the backwoods kind of guys, you know, and uh, yeah. and it's an interesting enough movie. But there's a sequence, a scene in it in the, in the uh, earlier part of the thing, where a kid is playing a little bit of banjo and mm. one of the guys Ronnie Cox was the actor's name joins along with him and it's the song Dueling Banjos you yes know, you know that song. oh is that where that, that song comes the... I think the song is probably you know I mean yeah it's real like, but that's yeah. where it kind of got that's where it got definitely popular. a lot of exposure yeah with that movie and you know and I saw yeah. that as a kid and oh that's great and that's how I got into playing <laughs> that's you know? great so and then eventually took up bass you know mm-hmm. and that's what I play in the band but uh, and then with the band started singing and initially like if you listen to our, our earliest recordings uh, I don't know if you'd really call it singing I mean it's it's self-expression <laughs> you know well you were expressing yourself so that's very that's much great. so you know but it was yeah. like from uh, uh, I mean we were just flat out screaming our heads off you know? <laughs> trying to make my eyeballs pop you know <laughs> <That's great. laughs> I don't know if they teach that in classical you know like, <laughs> next in up a different is, way you know, yeah <laughs> Will scream. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. you'll hear the highest note on the piano. You know, and to come at it from that side of things, but to to like you know doing music as much as I do, now it's one thing I notice just going uh, kind of coming at it and saying you know since it's art, you know you can basically say that it's what you want it to be. You know, I, I say it's art and therefore it is or whatever. You know, but then there is this whole other language this of music. You know, that's okay. developed uh, you know in Western music definitely very 
very specific, mm -hmm. you know, and to actually have a grounding in that when you started off, it's just a, it, it's something I never did, and it's interesting that you you know would get that, and and it helps you obviously. I mean, oh yeah, you know, absolutely, you know, because I've I've listened to your stuff, you know, and uh, it's beautiful, you know, your voice is Thank incredible, you, you know, and you know obviously you have voice control, vocal control, and that kind of stuff, and Thank that's you. where it started off, you know. So that's kind of where it started off. Uh, as far as the 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 range has changed, of course, because I I switched from classical to to blues really that's what I discovered when I was 13 um so you know I, I was I was only doing the classical for only a few years mm -hmm. and when I switched to blues and and soul music um my my range completely changed when I was singing classical I was a soprano coloratura which is like the highest register mm -hmm. um of the voice and 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 now I can't hit any of those notes because right. I was like now I actually love singing lower and raspier and whatnot right. but that's that, that all comes from just the the feeling that you put in a song you know so yeah. i don't think too much about the technique I right and it's, it's either and that's the same that's thing an I mean, afterthought yeah. right it's what you're trying to get to basically yeah. you know and what you want to put out there and and it's interesting to come at it from that direction a, a friend of mine uh ron stabinski is his name i've got a guy i've gotten to know over the years on he's a piano player mm -hmm. and uh he's classically trained and he, he had an interesting comment on it he likes us for some reason in a way i mean the guy's so proficient musically that you know uh it's kind of surprising to me that he likes our band you know as much as he does because uh, he's he's grounded in that learned music you know what i mean he, i mean he could just play the heck out of the piano and he had an interesting comment about it he said that he learned to run before he learned to walk, you know, because oh, well. he was like one of these child prodigy kind of guys, you know. And yeah. So, but, oh. so then at 13, you said you suddenly just, you know, you, well, you stopped doing like lessons and stuff and then. Yeah, yeah. I, um, that was actually pretty funny. I was, I was at one of the lessons and, um, and I, I asked the teacher if we could do a, an R&B song. And the teacher was like, wait a second. <laughs> How, how? Where did you hear this? And I think at that at that time, the the pop music that that was on the radio was, uh, and we would get a lot of music from from here from the U.S. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mariah Carey and all these, you know, Celine Dion and Whitney Houston. So I was listening. I started listening to that more. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, who are these singers? What can and what is that that they can do with their voice? That I thought was pretty remarkable, and and I hadn't heard anything like that. So. So I so I came to the lesson with with uh, with this teacher and I said I want to learn the song and it was a, a Mariah Carey song and she's like, wait a second like that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole another genre you know, and she heard me singing it, and she actually went to my mother and said you know what I'm, I I can't teach her anymore because it seems like, and and not, and not in a bad way she just said, I think she got what she needed she got the technique but from now on she is going to be learning from these singers that she's going that she's listening to and and man was she right cuz i would i remember i would just lock myself in my room and just you know put put these songs on and and try to learn like every every little run that they were doing everything just you know of course i didn't i didn't keep that to myself that i i knew that i was not going to try to imitate these voices but I, that that's the best way to learn you know like this music so right. i think um that that really helped me and but later when i when i went to 
New York with my family just on a vacation trip, that's when I heard blues music, like the real blues music right. for the very first time. And and I said, oh, no, okay, this is the good stuff. And I started listening to, um, I didn't know the artists. At, at that time, there were. I went to a record store and I bought compilation CDs. Mm -hmm. So I remember the, the artists that came on one of those CDs was B.B. King and Coco Taylor and Muddy Waters and... And I, and I was like, wow, this is this is pretty special. And we should just say right now, rest in peace, BB King. Rest in peace. And, you know, so and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's that's not a murder case. Oh, is there? Yeah, oh yeah, really did you hear that? I didn't hear that. There's the daughters the are claiming that it's murder. Yeah. And now they're opening an investigation. Really? And I, yes. I hope it's not. I that, really hope it's not. I mean, be so sad. How old is he? Was eighty nine? Nineties? Almost yeah. ninety. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. But it's like, yeah, they're opening it up as a... That would be... Oh, man, that would be that so sad. That would sad. not be... Yeah. That would not be cool. Wow. No, I, I hadn't heard that. I saw that he passed away. What? Who who do they think Apparently, like, the him? manager or something, or somebody that worked well, with him. What would you gain out of killing D.B. King? I mean, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Well, it's, it's awful if it, it's the case, and hopefully they'll figure out who did it if it is. I mean, yeah. like... Yeah. Well, but but for the true. sisters, for the sisters yeah, to claim that, I mean... reacting and... Yeah. You know, his hopefully. family's claiming it, huh? Yeah. Wow. His, oh no, his sister, his daughters. Actually. Oh, his daughters. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, no, I hadn't heard that. Well. Yeah. Well, Anna, let's. But rest in peace, BB. Yeah. And he was one of my biggest influences, to say yeah. the least. I hear probably a lot of people. Can uh, yeah, say that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Of course. I mean, American music is just so based on the blues. Yeah. You know, I mean, practically. You know any genre that you go to, the last century and leading into this is so heavily influenced by the blues. None of it really could have existed, you know, in a way. That to to me, like uh, blues along with jazz is like this, the greatest import, or not import, greatest export that you've done to the world. Really. Yeah, it's no, it's incredible, unbelievable. And those early guys, you know, I mean, like uh, uh, Louis Armstrong, you yes. know, definitely heavily. Jackson. Steeped in the blues, you know, and stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. coming out of the the guys that actually started jazz, you know, mm -hmm. a lot yeah. of that stuff is is based on the blues real oh, yeah. heavily, you know, and it's so. How old were you then when you got into started getting into the blues? Um, thirteen. Oh, about 13. thirteen. Yeah. Um, I like I said, it was it was in New York. Right. Nowhere else could I have heard this, this music. I mean, not definitely not in Guatemala. <laughs> there was right. there was nowhere in Guatemala where I could have heard these these artists. So uh, I I went crazy. I bought all these records and I went home and I and I started listening to them and really just absorbing it and and then I got really obsessed with wanting to learn an instrument and 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 the instrument that I associated jazz and blues with for some reason was the saxophone right. so i asked my mother <laughs> if she could get me a saxophone but um it was too expensive so she came home one day with a guitar and she said okay i can't get you the saxophone right now but why don't you start with a guitar and she said because everybody that sings should be able to accompany themselves with an instrument you know the, the saxophone is a melodic instrument so a little bit harder to sing with the saxophone yeah <laughs> So I so I did and and I remember one of the one of the first songs that I that I learned was um, Jimi Hendrix's Red House, which is a blues. But right. I, I was just like, wow! I just need three chords to play the blues. This is awesome. Yeah, simple. <laughs> yeah. So that was at the same time, basically, you started playing the guitars, right? right yeah, right about I, I was about fourteen, fifteen, and then 
And then I just realized this is wonderful. I can write my own songs with this instrument. I can play live and just that was it for me. So what was it about the blues do you think that caught you? I mean, you you, you came up as a little kid get, you know, actually being uh, learning like a this old music, you know, stuff yeah. that's been around for a long time and yeah. you know the the most like, you know, uh standardized or something like way of going about singing and all that kind of stuff you know the classical yeah. stuff is somewhat rigid in form you know yeah. and so it's the blues what do you think it was like you I, know a release or something it's you know, such just a mystery to me to, like to, to be able to tell you like exactly what it is about it all i know is that there's no other style of music that can express so much in one single song you know right. just just when you hear someone like you know the the real originators of, of of this style when you hear them sing or play their instrument it's just the the, the passion that that comes out of it it's just so amazing you know and I, I mean it gives me goosebumps every time i hear it no other music does that to me you know yeah. i mean well, well aside from the styles that came from blues like jazz and soul and you know, f funk even and yeah. R&B. Uh, is, is it the emotion that? Uh, yeah, that's absolutely. One of the things that, like, uh, you know, when I was first, you know, reading some articles about you, you often get compared to Amy Winehouse. Oh wow! Not it, not, <laughs> not, I, I read a couple articles that mention that, right. not in terms of lifestyle, but certainly in terms <laughs> of, of your singing and how you emote. And she had that like real quality and uh yeah yeah she listened to the to those songs and those artists as well and yeah it, it, i mean that that's how it was for me when it, i mean when i was thir 13 and, and i heard that music that was a real just eye opener for me do you think or ear opener ear opener <laughs> there you go. do you think because i mean essentially you know you're talking about like the passion that 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 you know, you got out of those songs, you know, yeah. and the, the how, you know, that they're done with and whatnot. Do you think, I, I mean, is there passion in classical, you know, singing, do you think? I mean, uh, is there an element of, of that? Of course, yeah. No, I, th I think there's passion in, in, in any kind of singing. But but to me, the, the passion that comes from from the blues, from jazz and soul music, it's just, it's in a, in a whole, it's just like in another planet. It just comes from another world and, and you know, a world of 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 really of sadness, right? I mean, that's how blues originated. Right. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, it's just it just gives me goosebumps when I hear it. Right. I don't get goosebumps when I hear an opera singer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I you know, I I admire it, and I think it's 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 wonderful. And I'm sure they're putting a lot of passion to their singing, but it doesn't affect me the same way. I wonder if it has something to do with you know just one element of it. Is that a lot? I mean, any of the uh, like the classical repertoires written by stuff or written by guys and whatnot that are long gone in a way, you know. So the blues guys are doing their own stuff on one hand. Yeah, you know. But, but a lot of those blues songs are also, you know, super old and everything. Yeah. It's just, it's just a different, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, <laughs> and like you said, it came out, a lot of it came out of. Uh, sorrow in a way oh you know? yeah but i I've, I've definitely heard that like the blues you know it's not a sad music you know it's 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 no, in the face the... of such brutal circumstances yeah that they you know are able to still sing yes you know kind of a thing like that yeah so then at what point did you started writing songs you do your, your, your own stuff um i mean i wrote a couple little songs when i was young when i was about 
13, 14, but I didn't really get serious about it until I moved here to LA. Okay. When I moved here, I, I was 19 and I moved um, because I, I was signed by a label by, by Warner Brothers and I, I decided to also go to a music school while I was here and also because I, I needed to find a way to stay in the country legally. So, mm. so I went to a school so that I could get a student visa, which I did. And, and then I, I started writing. I was also signed by a publishing company. So they started um, um, just setting up writing sessions f for me with you know, different producers, writers. And it was great. It was a really great learning experience. How did that come about? Did you get signed in Guatemala? It was because my mother knew a producer in Miami who is Guatemalan but has been living in Miami for a very long time. And um, she sent him a demo of me singing, and he, and he really liked it. So he, so I flew to Miami to meet him. This was when I was 17, 18. I met him, and then he introduced me to, to some people that uh, set up a, an audition for Warner for the label Warner here in LA. So then I flew here to LA just to audition for Warner. And you gotta remember at that at that time I had no songs of my own. Mm -hmm. I was just I was playing my guitar, but I was playing covers and and I and you know and I had my voice. I could sing. That that was pretty much it. But I I had no idea what I wanted to do with with you know my career, my 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 songwriting. Um, I knew that I wanted to sing in English. That's something that I had, you know, I, since I was very young, I just knew that I really loved singing in English for some reason. So um, they hear me and they sign me on the spot and they're saying, oh, yeah, okay, you're a Latin artist. I think we're going to make you, you know, be sort of a, a alternative Latin artist that can sing in English and in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very interesting, and I was like, wow, that's really great. So then when they signed me, they were like, well, you have to be here, right? Because you have to start writing songs, and we have to get this thing going. <laughs> so that was, that's when I you know, had to figure out how to come to, the, to come to the States, because they would not give me a visa. They were like, you have to figure that on your own. Mm -hmm. So I did. I went to this music school. I was able to pay for it because of the advance that the label gave me. Okay. So wow. It all worked out. It was like, yeah. okay, all, all the pieces were falling into place. It was great. So I moved here. Um, and as soon as I moved, the president of that company left. Perfect. And this is like, this is a story <laughs> that you hear with so many, so many artists. Um, so yeah, so the president left. And you know, what happens? I get dropped. So I got dropped and I was... But I was still at that school, at the uh, Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Okay. So, so I decided to just continue at that school, keep keep preparing myself and keep learning. And you know, I was so young. I was like, okay, this is this is actually a a good you know a good thing. So you went to the MI. Right? I went to MI. Yeah, I was there for a year and a half. You learned a lot there. You think? I did learn a lot. I met all these wonderful people. I met the people that are still playing in my band oh, to this cool. day. I met my husband who's still playing with me. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> good things came out. out of it. <laughs> you got a lot Bill, of that. That's Bill we should yeah. go there. 
Yeah. You'll get a band. You'll get a husband. Get a husband. You know? <laughs> what more could you want? In the career. In the career. Was yeah. that uh? Was it pretty uh? I mean, to move to L.A. from Guatemala was that? It was shocking. It was it was, it was a culture shock for it was sure. A culture yeah. shocky. Um, yeah. I remember when I came and and I just saw what when we were when we were landing and just seeing this monster of a city. I was like, oh my gosh, it doesn't end. Oh, it's incredible. We're gonna get lost here. Yeah, that's what I mean, and people do, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, and, and they have been for decades in a way. You know, this has been. I like, still get lost. If yeah, I go to downtown, I'm like, lost, Jesus, right? I don't know how to get back in the freeway. Um, but yeah, it's it 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 was definitely um, something I had to get used to. Luckily, I had my my father came with me the first two weeks, and, oh, he, that's nice. and he helped me kind of find a place and get a car and all these things. So. And your parents but, have been obviously supportive of you. Through, oh, incredibly through this. supportive, yeah. And that has to make a big difference. Do you have siblings? Do you have? I do. I have two sisters, um, and they, all of them have been so so supportive with me. Well, that's neat. And yeah. your parents are still together, and they're not. Oh, they're okay. not. But um, but each they each. I mean, I, I'm still very close to to both of them, and and then they're still like super supportive of me. <laughs> Good. That's, Not a that, that has to help. <laughs> huh? That has to help. Yes. You know, to have that, because definitely my, uh, in my band, uh, the guitar player is my brother. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to keep it in the family. My, my sister is actually, my older sister, she's two years older than me, um, and she's not musical at all, but she is an incredible entrepreneur and mm. businesswoman, and she, she actually manages me in Latin oh. America. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. She's amazing. Yeah. She's always with me when I go to do concerts. Mm -hmm. She actually organizes concerts for me along with my mother, who now my mother is a, a an event. Uh, she organizes events in Guatemala and concerts. So, so it's great. Every time I go to Guatemala, it's all in the family. It's always my mother and my sister doing uh, it all. And it's all work, too, so that's nice. Yeah. And it's work, yeah. Definitely course. like uh, when we started. I don't, our mom was not into it, <laughs> you know, oh. and th that was part of that. You know, our experience was just deciding, well, we're going to do this anyways, you know, and it wasn't, yeah. you know. Well, like that I, just must be tough, you well, know, when you have your parents saying like, no, get a real job. Yeah. You You're know, like, and well, we this just is a real job. I, I, we Prove just that to them. We, we managed to not, you know, care. You know yeah, what I mean? that's so, good. That's what you got to do. And eventually mom. Eventually they'll get it. Came around to the degree <laughs> that she did. Um, and uh, my mom's, or she's passed away a while, a while ago, but be before that happened she uh, actually got to the point we years ago we did a, a, a photo shoot for Rolling Stone and um, and in the photo or for the photo shoot we dressed up like like ladies of the night if you will you know what I mean like, oh, wow. like, like pretty That's hardcore funny. and uh, and it was pretty like extensive we she did the photo happy. shoot up in New York like in a grungy part of like downtown New York you know in New York and had on the the full nine yards, oh, you know, dressed man. like like hookers, oh, you know, man. and uh, and it came out great. I mean, the photos are really it was a really good one, you know, back when we could actually pull that off. That's and true. mom had, uh, had a big picture of that up in her house. Oh, she, she did. She actually oh, came okay. around at that point. You know, she was actually proud of it. Well, it is Rolling Stone. I, I, oh. That didn't, that part true. That, that wasn't it. No, it just we just looked good. We looked good in the picture. So <laughs> it reminded her of herself and her her, her youth. Uh, but uh, you know, like I said, we had uh, music lessons early on. But I think that was more kind of part of just like you know, what you did maybe for kids. You know, her trying to like give us a, you know, some culture or something here. And some, but it definitely like the idea of doing 
music professionally, especially, uh, you know, uh, the way we went about it wasn't her idea. You yeah. Know? You know, we were aimed in a different direction, I would say. You right. Know, so, so it's nice that your folks are there for you like that. They are, yeah. They were, and they still are. Then they still are. Yeah, that's really neat. So, when did, did you did you grow up speaking English? You know? Um. Because you're very no, fluent. I mean, I mean. Yeah, the the um, obviously my first language is Spanish, but um, when in school they, we have English English classes, okay. English as the second language, if you will. But right. um, so I kind of got a little bit of the the basics of the language since I was, I mean five six years old because mm-hmm. they they you start when you're really young and it goes throughout you know until you graduate um but i personally really loved english language mm-hmm. the english language and i would try to you know read books in english watch movies in english you know not not dubbed because a lot of right. movies in guatemala are dubbed um and then the music you know listening to all these songs the all these blues songs right. I remember I had to be with like the dictionary in one hand to kind of see what you know what, right. and some of the words <laughs> right. there was the no way uh, there was no definition for them so I just kind of had to use context clues or just guess or I don't know but but yeah I remember I just always loved it and uh, as far as the accent well my mother tells me it, it the reason why I have a better accent than you know my sisters or even or my parents because um, of the musical ear. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't know because if you if you hear my my older sister talk, she has a really thick accent, and right. we grew up, you know, learning the same English. You know, she's only two years older than me, but so maybe it is that I don't know. <laughs> so your first recordings, then you, you did both. You did English and Spanish, or. Yeah, yeah. The first uh, two records um, are bilingual. Yeah. Here's a question: Do you do you know? Do you dream in Spanish or do you dream in English? That's... Wow, that is a good question. I mean, because you're so obviously multilingual. I mean, you speak yeah. English perfectly. You know, so you know. I mean, how do you know? How does the brain I, work? I, I think in both. I, I've had times where I've, I've I remember dreams in English and other others in in Spanish. I had a dream this morning, speaking of dreams, and uh, I was hanging out with a friend, and his father was there, and his father was like 15 feet tall. <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> I was just 15? To, yeah, you know, like I was talking to him, and his belly button was like at, at eye level. Oh, my gosh. Uh, aren't dreams a, a magically strange thing? I, you know. I, the, oh, God, yeah. I've had some really, really I mean, the, weird the, dreams. The brain is obviously a, a strange yeah. sort of a critter. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is. Yeah, Definitely. So what was it like growing up in Guatemala? Let's talk about Guatemala a little bit. Um, well, I I was growing up in the city, so um, I had a pretty happy childhood, you know, very mellow, very normal. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, in the eighties was the we we had a a civil war that lasted thirty six years. Right. It started in the fifties, right. ended in nineteen ninety six. Well, ended, right. quote unquote. But um, in the eighties were the worst of, of the worst. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. There was there were some really bad, um, um, pretty much community, uh, indigenous community exterminations and right. horrible things that were happening, but not in Guatemala City. 
Not in the city. No, so much. not in the city. Right. Outside. Little little villages. Little Guatemala. villages, but all over Guatemala. And they they were prim- they were like Mayan. Yes. You know, yeah. Mayan descent. So. Mayan descent. I, yeah, it's really sad because I I did not grow up, you know, knowing any of this until mm-hmm. I was in my teens and and when I was in school when I we had to do a project talking about this this horrible war that that you know we had and and and. And then just kind of realizing, oh my God, like in the 80s was was the worst of it. And I didn't even, didn't even have a clue what was happening. You were pretty young though, right? Of course, yeah. I mean, I was born in 81 and that was the worst of it. But still, like, you know, I, I never really heard about it until I was in my teens. Like my parents never really told me about it. And and my parents weren't even, even affected by it. Like I said, it's just in Guatemala, Guatemala City. Um, it's a different life, definitely, right. from the rest of the country. Very different. It's the biggest city. It's yeah. It's the only city where you'll see, you know, really tall buildings and right. infra- any sort of modern infrastructure mm-hmm. outside of the city is just, you know, rural and little villages and right. poverty and, um, so there's there's a big big contrast there. I I would go, you know, on the weekends we would go, when we would go to the beach or we would go to, um, you know, there's this town called Antigua, which is amazing. It's this beautiful old colonial city. You would kind of, it was, it, was, it was great for me because it was a way to kind of escape a little bit the city life. Mm-hmm. But little did I know of, you know, it's just the really, just... It was just so sad to know, like, what was really happening out there. Right. And, and one of the things, I mean, you know, you're talking about, like, being into the blues, you know, the music yeah. that comes out of this country and whatnot. I mean, I think that uh, at least what I, you know, read looking up on Guatemala a little bit is that, the, the, the you know, the, the U.S. was involved, you know. Oh, yeah. Considerably involved. Considerably. You know. They, and they, mean, the CIA basically started it. I don't know if you know this whole thing about the CIA with the Banana Republic. Right. We are the Banana Republic. That's Guatemala. And it was actually at the behest or for for the the uh, what were they called the United Fruit Company? The United Fru- Fruit Company, exactly. You know, and and yeah. who became, I think, like Chiquita. I think they changed it. Yeah, yeah. It's like Chiquita Banana or something. Mm-hmm. So there's the Banana Republic. That's where the term comes from. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, where it comes and, from. And and I mean, South America itself, the the entirety of the place, in a way, is effect, was so heavily made. I mean, what it is and everything by. Uh, incursion from the east, you know, from the Spaniards, right? Yeah, the Spanish, exactly. You know, landing there, and, and and so I mean, the place has kind of always been, you know, shaped by that since that happened, basically, you know, because yeah. the indigenous peoples certainly had, you know, very evolved cultures, and oh yeah, incredible. you know, the civilizations involved. I mean, some of the stuff. My family had uh, my grandfather actually on my mom's side uh, wound up having some property in Acapulco. Uh-huh. So I've spent a lot of time in Mexico, you know, in Mexico and and just seeing, you know, what what the place is and whatnot, you know, and, and just and Mexico has had its share of trouble, definitely, you know, but not I don't know if we were able to quite have a, our hand in things in the, in the same way as they, you know, as we did in Guatemala. Right. You know, because it definitely had a fairly big influence down there, you know, and initially, I mean, the the rebels were kind of leaning left, you know. Yeah, exactly. But then again, some people say that it was um, really 
because of the influence of, of the U.S. that made them think that the president was a communist. It, this, there's all these conspiracy theories, and it's really fascinating once you start like digging deeper into that that story. And you know, it's 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 tough though when you know they actually I and mean, people start dying. You know, that's it gets down to that's you know. just devastating. And and there were a lot of people that. I mean, a, a lot of indigenous people right. you know, that did not have to die that way. Why do you think they went after the, the people of Mayan descent so heavily? Why, why, what why is it? People of Mayan descent? Uh-huh. Why were they Beats singled me. out? In the, you know? <laughs> I, you know, to this day, it's just, I, I have no, no idea. It's not that they were against, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like a, a, a crime against uh, a race, like, you know, the Nazis were after the Jews, but um, they were just wiping out entire villages. Yeah, I think they've, like, classified it as genocide, whoever does the oh, no, no, yeah, it is. for that it kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so. Was it about the property rights? Or, I mean, and is it, I, we were talking about this before. I mean, You're right, yeah. the, the situation right Land. now is, is not that great either, right? No, no, it's, it's right now. Well, right now we're dealing with different issues, mainly corruption, and insecurity and you know and again poverty and all these things but um uh no it's not nearly as 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 bad as it was and you know there's not i mean in a different way there's still people being killed here and there but it's mainly drug related gang related you know different things we don't have the the military and the guerrillas and all this that, that we had in the 80s very actively there's none of that but um yeah, now we're dealing with other problems that are pretty bad too. So it's just one thing after the other. And, in the and, world. I mean, in the world. Yeah, everywhere. You know, I know. You know? Yeah. And why is that? I mean, what's up with people? Why are people so. You know what I mean? We're, we're yeah. both musicians. You know? know. Bill's involved in the arts, and, you know, is the. And so is Craig back there in the, in the Buttons room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, one of the things I like about doing art, doing music, and you know, art in general, is that uh, it's mostly benign. You know, exactly. You know, so that's what I that's what I said. Um, there's right now there's a crisis happening in my country with I don't know if you've read anything about it, but um, there's uh, there are some cases coming to light about the the government being involved with acts of corruption and. Uh, and everybody is sort of like waking up and, you know, there's been huge protests happening and there's one that's going to happen right now on Saturday. Yeah. The last one uh, gathered 60,000 people like in front of the National Palace asking for the president to resign. The vice president already resigned about a month ago. Um, it's just it's just unbelievable. And, and uh, you know, you as one as a musician and us i mean we're in the arts it's just what can we do you know like right. um, as well as public figures too right but um the only thing that i could think of was um on twitter actually the first thing that i said you know to sort of address what was happening was i'm just so happy that in in, in the arts and in music there is no corruption you know and and of course yes the business is a different thing but the actual art of expressing oneself you right. know it's so pure it's 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 just so beautiful and it's it's the only way that we can actually reach people and and, and touch them and everything so i 
I'm thinking about maybe writing a song about it. I don't know. Or um, on Saturday, I'm going to be in Chicago and there's going to be a protest in front of the Guatemalan consulate in, in, in Chicago. And I'm going to go there and, and, you know, I'm thinking about bringing my guitar and, and um, man, it's just, it's just such a, such a powerful thing, right? I mean, what we do and what we can um, achieve with, just the arts but yeah well it is a big thing it is a voice it definitely is a voice voice. you know that i mean look at here we are recording this and somebody's gonna listen to it you know at least at least you know craig at this point so but and and i mean there's a a history definitely of artists and uh being at the forefront in a lot of ways or at least being able you know have it having a voice and you know expressing stuff and whatnot you know and the and there's art for its own sake that's definitely made, but there's also the opportunity at a point. Maybe, you know, you see musicians. You see, like, I, like John Lennon. Mm-hmm. I know you won the John Lennon Songwriting Award yeah, in 2010. Yeah. You actually won it initially for a Latin artist, and then you won yeah. the overall thing. Yes, yeah. Right? And then, that was amazing. And because of that, Yoko Ono actually asked you to yeah. unveil John's education bus. Is exactly, that right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. I met her in Liverpool, actually. I, I, I sang at the Cavern. Oh wow! It was incredible. Yeah, it's still around. It's still around, and, and I and I met her there. Yeah. Then you look at how uh, political, essentially, he became. You know, and yeah. you know, in a, in a in a kind of a way. And I wonder if that's like in his a, own way. You know, with, a, with with his art. I right. mean, with this kind of weird protests. <laughs> and I wonder <laughs> definitely this, the bad. But hey, but that was a right. way, and it was a way to get people to listen. Right. right. It, was, it was great. And I wonder, you know, if uh, you know he was moved to that because as artists, you know. Especially, you know, you get to go around a lot, you know, you travel a lot, you yeah. know, and you're exposed to a lot of things. And maybe initially because they're artists, they're, you know, that they people get into the arts in the first place. Maybe they're, that's, it's a kind of person, you know, like a, a little more from the heart, maybe right. or something, you know, or, or the, that side of things. A more emotional, you know, yeah. They call them the humanities, you know, so. It is, it there. is. It's a triumph of the human spirit. You know, and uh, have you ever seen the thing, it's with John Lennon, and they actually have Al Cap come in. It's when he and Yoko are doing... Maybe the bed the in, bed in, you know. Okay. And they have like people coming in. Yeah. And some of the people that are there, the like reporters Tim, and Tim Leary, and yeah, you know, and obviously some people are on the Lennon side in a way, but Al Cap comes in and he's, uh, you know, they, they kind of have a discussion about the the validity of what John's trying to do, you know, right. and that kind of a thing. And yeah, and he says, well, at least I'm doing something. Or something. Right, some along those lines, you know. Yeah. So, and I, I see you've done a lot of, 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 well, not a lot. I don't know, maybe a lot, but you know, you've done things that are along those lines you've been you did a the concert uh let's see what was it the um electric oh electric burma electric burma yeah um it was to commemorate the the 50th anniversary of amnesty international right um well there was there was a song that was written for that and then the electric burma was actually a concert in in dublin ireland um to uh, and and Aung San Suu Kyi, mm-hmm. uh, Nobel Prize winner from from Burma, she was she was there, and so it was for her the concert. Right. Um, you know, she was a a, a prisoner for years for and years, years and years, and, years yeah. and she's just now it's Myanmar, right? It's, now it's they what call themselves it? Myanmar now. Myanmar, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and definitely a, a, Myanmar, a, yeah. one of those fairly repressive, fairly repressive, you know, completely repressive regimes, and you know. Yeah. You know, and then you see someone like her, you know, that's able to actually stand up to the degree that she does, you know, yeah, and, unbelievable. And put, you know, put their ass on the line yeah. flat out, you know, somebody like Nelson Mandela, you know, the guy was jailed for just ages and ages and ages. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we, you know, 
Amazing. You know, get involved. Something like Amnesty International, 50 years, you know, and that that, that an organization like that has to exist in the first place. Mm. Little, you know, it's tough, you know, but it's really God, uh, the history of the world, you know, you see what people have been like to each other, yeah. and that's how they treat each other, let alone how they treat, like, the other critters on the planet. Exactly. And at this point, I would like to introduce our other guest who's with us in the studio, Pepper. Pepper, <laughs> yeah. Pepper's right here. Hi, little Pepper. <laughs> Hello. Pepper's not quite as talkative. No, not very talkative. She's 10 years old and uh, just loves to sit on loves to sit on mama's lap. Pepper, I'll <laughs> point out, is Gabby's dog. Yeah. She's a 10-year-old little... Ch- is that a chihuahua mix? She's a she chihuahua like. mix, yeah. yeah. She's and she loves rescue. Mama. So I saw that you did... She's a rescue dog. Yeah. yeah. And I, I saw that you did some stuff uh, for PETA. Exactly, you a, yeah. You, you did, did a commercial yeah. for, that, for them? Yeah, yeah, just... Uh, just asking people to adopt and to not adopt. buy. Right. Yeah. I, I recently, we recently got a, a, a new dog. My girlfriend, Ruth, and I uh, got a new dog. And my, I've been a pound, you know, the dogs just kind of seem to come into my life in a way, Aww. you know. And it seems like the women that I'm with, eventually, you know, somehow they have come through their mom, <laughs> who's the source of a lot of dogs, you know. Their mom. You know, and uh, I was out of town at the end of last year, and my girlfriend... I was talking on the phone. She's like, "We have a new dog. It's a terrier." <laughs> the terrier. And I'm like, that "Oh, great!" It's not a terrier. And I grew up, you know, I grew up with terriers. I'm thinking like Toto, you know, it was right. a Cairn yeah. terrier, yeah. And whatever. And I get home and I realized, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a pit bull terrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like, oh, well, so it's, it's a terrier. No, they they didn't say terrier. They were saying terror. Terror. Not terrier. I was gonna say it's a terror. <laughs> it's a terror. <laughs> He's and, a rambunctious. Uh, uh, he's a sweet little guy. Well, I mean, it's bred into them, you know. It's yeah. the 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 breed is is a rambunctious breed, you I know. He's a sweet little guy. He's not a little guy anymore. He's, no, yeah. he's, oh, he's he's a big one. He's he's managed to grow up part of it. He was about 35, 40 pounds when we first got him, and now he's well over seventy. Wow. So, and he actually uh, was rescued by the folks at the pound in Phoenix. I live in Phoenix. Okay. And uh, they found him at like this drop site that they know about you know how the the breed has been taken up by you know people there's certain folks that like to you you know like the breed for their fighting abilities Mm -hmm. specifically so uh because of that the pound has actually become aware of this like these different areas where they kind of discard their you know used dogs you know what i mean they like some of these dogs Mm -hmm. are used for practice you know on, on they find the ones that are more aggressive and they you know, put other dogs in there, and, and uh, Jack is the name of the dog. The pound named him Jack, so we we kept his name. And he, uh, you can see his whole head is just mall, you know, horribly scarred, horribly mm. scarred. You know, and this, this his ear was almost completely torn off. You know, and they did a great job of sewing them all back together. But oh my gosh, he's a little rescue guy. So, wow. so talk about my dog for a that's second. Am- <laughs> no, but that's that's an amazing. Yeah, he's a sweet story. little. You know, he's a sweet enough little guy, and you know, he's coming along and. Man, aren't dogs just completely wonderful? Either, jeez. I mean, she brings so much happiness to my life. It's unbelievable. You know, my mom was really into getting back to family again. Uh, my, our mother Vera was her name. She was way into diff- animals, all sorts of different kinds of animals. You know, I grew up with uh, a lot of different animals, horses and that kind of stuff, and all the things that come along with horses, like you know, geese and chickens and. That kind of stuff, but then also we're you know uh, a little more or a little you know different kind of stuff. I had a monkey. I had to have you a monkey. <laughs> I just had to have a monkey. It was a South South American monkey. It was a a squirrel monkey. Okay. I named him Abner. 
And I loved That's Abner. Great. You know, it was that, that age. It was the same age. It was like a couple of years before I got into music. You know, mm -hmm. just that age where suddenly you have to have to have something. And I just had to have a monkey. Right. You know, and, That's and, great. and just like when I saw Deliverance, I just had to get a banjo, you know, kind of a thing. So, <laughs> so my life could have gone the, the different paths. You know, you I could be a monkey year. You know, a monkey, as yeah. they say in France. So, <laughs> so I have a quick question because you've done a lot of, of things. Like your your career is going really well, but you've done some of these other kind of, I guess, activism things. A little uh, bit. I, or? Let me see. <laughs> not, well, not as much as I wish I, I I could do. I guess. Yeah. Well, I. I I, I one of our other guests is I, I I did a tour with a young band I filmed and they played and we went to the Middle East the Black Lips the Black Lips and and one of the things we wanted to do was kind of throw our little rock and hopefully bring back to people here that well kind of the goal of the movie was to stop bombing them uh, wow. bombing the kids there which you can see from the newspapers that that went really well um, we we succeeded um, but. Do you ever, like, when you kind of, because you, you obviously care about some of these issues, is it hard sometimes as an artist who cares to, I mean, I, I, I think it's so important that, that music and film and art, I think that is the saving grace of humanity, but do you ever get down that it's not, you know, enough? Not enough. Um, I do, but at the same time I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is um, how this is my contribution <laughs> to humanity you know it's just if i can just kind of write my songs and and bring some joy and happiness to someone that that really needs it at, at a certain point in their lives then that's that's amazing that's really an incredible job to have um but at the same time i i i also wish i could be more more active you know with what, what you were mentioning and for example the this problem that's happening in my country right now. It's just such a big deal. And, it, and it's so important for me to utilize the, the, the public image that I have right now um, to, for, for something good, you know, be it, you know, letting people know of what's, what's happening, um, being part of the protests, just, just being a voice, you know, for, for so many other people that, you know, may, may need to hear, something i don't know um like i said there's uh, a lot of people in guatemala that lack education and, and they and this is a big problem this is something that i i feel like man it's just i wish it could be solved right away because without education they're not informed on how to make the right choice so for example right now we have all these all these candidates and uh, they're going you know, deep into these villages, and they're they're basically buying their votes. They're saying, "Okay, here, have a little bit of this. Have a little bit of we call it la bolsita, like this little bag with mm. goodies, you know, right. for your vote in return." And these people go like, "Okay," and they have no clue that that you know this person is a thief, and this person is gonna you know not get them out of their of their misery and poverty. It's gonna make it worse, probably. And it's really, it's a very scary time. One of the candidates is, is, is you know, bound for becoming probably like the next uh, Chavez. It's really, really scary. So it's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying, you know, in my own way and hoping that I can, 
um, be a voice and just reach out more people. And yeah, well, that's, that's just, I mean, I think it's revolutionary just to be an artist in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think just like I said earlier, it's a fairly benign pursuit, you know, and considering how horribly people have treated themselves just forever in a, in a way, treated each other, you know, just going all the way back and in a lot of ways that it's, it's, it's you know, taking a stand just to say, well, I'm not going to at least going to participate directly in that. And, and then also like in specifically in, in your situation in Guatemala, you know, at least they're buying votes, you know, at least they're not going in and wiping these people out, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some some progress made there. And you see it here, you see, you've seen it in this country, you know, definitely, you know, just as a, uh, where, I mean, it's like a political ploy in a lot of ways, you know, you get people interested in this one side of things, you know, or whatever, you kind of tease them with like, like here, it's, there's a lot of issues, like contention about like gay rights or gay marriage, you know, that kind of, the the, yeah. the things that they, they get worked up about. And, and and while at the same time, you know, I mean, you know, the government's doing these things around the world, you know, and, and they manage to convince people to, you know, back them and that kind of a thing, you know. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know if there's any any answer to it all. That's why it gets back to like, you know, what are, are, we, as, what are we as creatures, you know? I mean, yeah. are we doomed? You know, do you think right. humankind has a chance? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, you see things, you see, I mean, you see other things in life that are that are really wonderful and, and that that humans do that are amazing. It's like you know the yin and the yang. There's always going to be, you know. Unless there's not always going to be, you know. Dark what I mean? and darkness and like. Because unless there's not always going to be, you know. Because I mean, in my lifetime, hasn't things changed a lot since we were kids? I'm a little older than you, you know. Yeah, and just changed. you know to see to see like the beginning of like the the ecological movement or yeah. whatever you know what i mean the, right. you know and to see back then i mean a long time ago they were talking about stuff real specifically that was you know going on that we needed to address mm -hmm. or else we we're going to suffer the consequences as a species you know as as what we are you know on a yeah. tiny little planet here yeah you know and then to see a lot of the stuff come to to bear you know or whatever to actually start to happen where the glaciers are melting and all this kind of a stuff you know it's it's, it's you know it, it's not like heartening you know, in a way you know it doesn't bode well in a long in a way if you consider how long the dinosaurs were here you know what i mean yeah you know yeah. I mean, you know but we haven't been around you know, any anywhere near that amount of time and the impact that we've had on the planet is significant you know yes. detrimentally significant to us as as a thing you know mm -hmm. and people say you know save the world and it's like well the world will be fine one way or another it'll be what it'll be and eventually yeah consumed if, as the scientists tell us in a ball of you know flame or you know as the, when the sun <laughs> no buys so ultimately right. you know so you're talking about save us it's save us definitely you know it's save us and can we as a thing as a thing or can we save us or are we like you know i'm a Buck, buckminster fuller guy i think we can you're a bucky fuller guy yeah, yeah. Bucky fuller oh, that's good. The, me uh, too <laughs> so so um what are what are you doing next with the Musically, musically. Um, well, you're producing some. You're producing Isto Jueves right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, and and that was again by accident. I so I am right now. I finished. I finished recording some songs in October of last year, but I, um, I'm just dealing with some things with my label right now, so I can't release anything until the end of the year. So mm -hmm. in the meantime, to kind of keep myself busy <laughs> and, uh, you know, not going crazy, I, I just need to be doing music. And then I actually, I do have another parallel project, which is uh, called The Songbirds. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a group that I have with two other 
two other friends and uh, we sing songs from the 1930s, 1940s, kind of like the Boswell sisters and the Andrew sisters. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I'm keeping busy with that too. But then uh, I did a concert in Guatemala and I uh, I decided to, it, it was it was actually sort of a, or it has become sort of a festival. I did it last year and uh, last year I had as guests uh, the Milk Carton Kids and um, uh, and some national artists, and this year I had Sarah Watkins from the you know she's an incredible violinist mm-hmm. and singer, and um, Oscar Isaac the actor oh, nice. who's also an incredible musician, and I always try to invite two or three international artists as well as showcase our national t- two national artists. So this year I had two really incredible artists that are not very well known in Guatemala that deserve all the recognition they can get right now. One of them, his name is uh, Isto Jueves and the other one, her name is Patsa and and so we kept in touch and Isto told me that he, he had plans to come here to, to the States to just you know see what, what he could do, who he could meet and then it just, it just I just thought, well, why don't you why don't you come here? And then I said, come to to this studio, to Craig's studio, and we can do we can record some songs, and uh, and I can lend you my band, <laughs> my the musicians that that I know that that play with me that I think are incredible and that would sound really amazing on your songs. And he said, okay, let's do it. So he came over and we recorded five songs. And I mean, my idea was just just to kind of be here and facilitate things for him, you know, like basically. Um, recruit the band for him and bring him into the studio. Um, and then while I was here, I found myself in that room with Craig while they were recording here in this room. And I was kind of throwing out all these ideas to him. And he was really liking them. So it's, uh, so at one point he said, like, no, we realized that, that you know, you are you're producing. Right. <laughs> so it kind of came by accident, but I'm really glad it did because it was a very um, just enriching experience for me and very satisfying and and I just love the fact that I was producing for the first time somebody else other than me yeah it's different isn't it very different but but really fun I've gotten to do it a couple of times now um you know I've made a lot of records the Meat Puppets my band's made quite a few records Yeah. yeah and we worked with producers a few times on those but we made them ourselves, you know. My brother pretty much produces them now, you know, and as far as production it goes, you know, I mean, we've done it for so long that it kind of doesn't require it in a way, but it could, you know, it could be produced. We we made one album. The first time we ever worked with the producer was uh, uh, our first major label album. They wanted us to, you know, go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And we had played with Dwight Yoakam years ago before, you know, getting signed and stuff. In the 80s, we played with Dwight at McCabe's, with Dwight at McCabe's here in Santa Monica. And from that, we got to know Dwight a little bit, and but the guitar player of the band, uh, Pete Anderson, mm-hmm. who also produced all of those Dwight Yoakam records, right? So when it came time to make a record and the record company wanted us to use a producer, uh, d- we wound up doing it with Pete. Right. And we did it over at Capitol Studios. You know, and you see what a, a producer could bring to it, and that was a real interesting learning experience, you know. And... and uh, but it's a di- you know it's just a different way of doing stuff you know and having made a bunch of records like that and stuff uh, a few years back I actually 
produced a band out in Phoenix. They asked me to help out on it, you know, and I was like, well, we'll see, you know, and I went and like went to the practices and stuff and kind of, you know, like realized, oh, I do have ideas, you know, and, uh, and then I also realized, oh, my brother's not here. So, <laughs> you know, king of the castle. So <laughs> wow. I broke out my little cape and my little scepter and, <laughs> and crown. Um, but it was fun, you know, it was really fun. I mean, it did like, it's just going to be on a, on, on a different side, you know, on the other side of it, you know, and not like playing but having ideas and kind of going like that and then just the other day like a month ago or so i got a chance of uh my pal's kid who i've known since he was born mm -hmm. uh is is playing now he's like 21 and uh his folks were gonna give him the chance to do some recording you know so and they asked me if i'd help out you know so and i did and uh and that was a real satisfying experience you know in, in a way i mean it, yeah. it was like fun to do it for my my pal and for, you know, the kid I've known, like I said, forever, you know, and I like him and stuff. And, then, and to see, you know, where they were at, you know, and then just to kind of, I don't know, it's a different thing. It's fun. It's right. definitely kind of fun to be doing that. And we got that done. And and now you get, is this done? Is this project that you're doing with Craig here at Winslow Court Studio? Winslow Court Studio, yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, just waiting to be mixed. We were just adding a little overdubs and then mixed. And it's going to be a, a five-song EP. Cool. So and then I want to shop it around and see if anybody would be interested in, in actually giving us some money to like finish a full length. Okay. <laughs> and you're you're saying you're waiting. You have. Uh, are you gonna do? I I read that your last album. My last Postales. album came out. Yeah, that came out almost three years ago. And that was that's on Metamorphosis, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That so was are you still? Yes, I'm them? still with them, and I still owe them two records. So I. This, this is the second one that I'm working on. Um, is that's the one that it's a little bit on hold right now. I hope to I hope to put it out at the end of this year. And they're the ones they they're the ones kind of wanting you to take a little time between releases, kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's just there. There's been some some things happening in the label. Um, you know, people coming in and out, and so yeah, it's you know, little things that that always happen sure. within labels sometimes, and um. But yeah, and also also because the producer that I'm using, his name is Gabe Roth. He's an incredible, incredible producer. But um, he's on tour right now with uh, Sharon Jones mm -hmm. and the Dap Kings. He's oh. he's the bass player. So so he's been he's been out of town a yeah. lot. So it's also that you know we we haven't had, and I've been out of town too. <laughs> so yeah, we just got have to find a time to go in and record a couple more songs, and then find the time to mix the record, which right. I want to be there when. When he's mixing so that's that's why it's taking a little bit and then because of this other project that i have with the songbirds in june we're going to be in australia touring for three weeks ah, cool. and then um august i'm going to be in europe you know so it just it gets pushed back more and more and more but no rush i mean it'll come out when it's ready yeah. and yeah, yeah. And there's always, there's always been that element to art, you know, just getting it done. What does it take to get it done? Yeah. I mean, it, it takes, you know, just doing it. You can do the art, but then there's the side of it of like a... The business side. The business what, side of it, getting it done. I read a book you. a few years ago that I just got such a kick out of. I found it in, in uh, I think, Oxford, Mississippi. It was the first mm -hmm. time we'd ever played in Mississippi. And we've been around for a while and I've played all over the place a lot. And I think it was our very first Mississippi show. Yeah. And there, there happened to be a bookstore across the street from the gig. So I went over there and... And I was just looking, you know, at the stacks, and I found this one uh, about Michelangelo, right? And the premise of the book, it was so, it was like, you know, scholarly kind mm -hmm. of a thing, right? And the guys that wrote it were these 
both art historians and both like uh, they were Jewish and they had a real heavily like Jewish history background as well, right? So the the, the gist of the book was that since uh, whichever pope it was that made Michelangelo do the Sistine Chapel, mm-hmm. he wasn't happy about that, right? But because of what it took to get the, to the work that he wanted to do, you know, he had to do this as well. But since he had been reared by the Medicis, right, you know, and had gotten like a Neoplatonic, you know, education, I don't know any of this stuff. The book said all this stuff. Right? <laughs> I'm like, wow, neat, really? <laughs> and uh, so since he, you know, part of that up uh, of his uh, education was like a, a, an awareness of Jewish mysticism mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff, like the Kabbalah and getting all oh, into yeah. this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then they say because of that, you know, with that, that background, he then took and hid all of these like secret little things in the Sistine Chapel, and these guys had decided that they'd figured out what Michelangelo was actually saying. And some of the some of the pieces in there, like uh, specifically, they get into something like like this particular Sybil or something has her legs crossed like this. You know what right. I mean? And what that is is representative of this particular Jewish, uh, you know, or Hebraic let, letter or something. And what that's referring to ultimately is "fuck you" to the Pope. Right? Oh wow! It gets down to this, right? And there's a whole book about it. And, you know, and it just was like, you know, what does it take to get art done, you know, on, right. on that side, on a commercial level? And, you know, when you're, <laughs> especially when you want to, you know, when you're dealing with something as expensive and hard to get as a big-ass piece of rock like that, you know, <laughs> like that guy was into. Right. We were in uh, Italy a couple of years ago, and it's the summer. We're doing a, a tour, and we're driving. Uh, we're in northern Italy on the coast, and I'm looking at these mountains that are getting closer and closer, and I'm like, what in the hell is that snow? up there you know and as we got closer i realized oh it's actually the carrera mountain or you know carrera mines where they've been taking marble from for centuries right and the mining is so extensive that it looks like the tops of these big mountains are covered in snow you know and uh, i was i was moved by that like what what links people will go to to make their art you know yeah you know couldn't have been easy to drag those big ass pieces of town you know Move along, little oxen <laughs> cart. Exactly. You know? Wow, that's beautiful. So one other thing. So uh, what about, I, I saw you did something that, I mean, it just would have scared the living God out of me. I, I couldn't have done it. I, I've never been asked. I would do it if I were asked. You got to play with Andrea Bocelli. Oh, God, yes. Um, yeah, it was it was a concert that he did in, in Guatemala. Right. And... Uh, apparently, uh, everywhere he goes, he he tries to find someone from that country oh, to really? to sing okay. duets with him. Um, I don't know if a duet or or duets, uh, I, but he asked me to sing three songs, which was um, two of them were not so bad, but one of them I was yeah it did it did scared me it scared me a lot because um, it was a um, I can't remember the song. God, but but basically it, it was a really high register. Almost, I was thinking, oh man, had this been like you know <laughs> when twenty I was, when years I, right, ago? When I was eight. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you know, it was it was. I had to think about my my classical technique that I was, you know, that I that I that I had when I was young, and um, it was really scary. But but I did it, and it was it was amazing it was a really amazing experience well, it's in my own country and, so that was yeah in your own country that had to be fun going back and, yes it was it really was and I mean, it's 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 commendable uh, you know that you're able to cover the bases that you do you know what i mean you go from something like that i mean that's like white tot or white 
tucks and tails or whatever. Yes. You know, it's fairly, you know, clean living. I don't, I don't know how many dressing rooms Andrea's destroyed. But, you know, and then doing, you know, you know, ultimately being a into the blues. You into know? the blues, yeah. It's all the music. Opera, into the blues. <laughs> it's all music. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's what it is and I enjoy singing you know whatever style I, I have to do for you know whatever reason if it if it makes sense and if it feels right I'll do it cool and you do it well thanks you do it really really well <laughs> thank you um, well I think we're about done I got a quick question for you yep we want to close with one of your songs is that okay and do you sure have a, yeah should we have Craig pick it out and sure uh, yeah because uh, <clears throat> if you haven't heard Gabby uh, Moreno, you you really are missing something because it's really uh, like Craig turned me on to you and and I was just blown away. It Thanks. like uh, it's it's beyond good stuff. It's uh, what would you say it is? It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's <laughs> Thank you so much. Stuff. But it's been really great having you here. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for doing this. Thank that was you. really fun. Yeah. What did you think? How did we do? It was great. Was it all right? Was, yeah. Who's a little podcast? It's all right. Okay. <laughs> That was really fun. Let's really let's ask Pepper. Pepper. Do claw up or down? Up, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we live another day. Yay. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks all the very, very best, you know? Thank you. Rock the world. Yeah. Today's show was recorded at Winslow Court Studios in Hollywood, California.
del cielo Siguiendo predicamentos Vengo desde muy lejos Y como uno se aferra A un pedazo de tierra Tarde o temprano de estar corriendo en tiempo de cacería al ser alto mi voz 